Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere and the founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on SayItForward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. On today's episode, we are excited to have Ashta Mohammed Saleh joining us from Cairo, Egypt. Ashta is Chadian, and she is the eldest of 10. She's a mother of two boys, and she's a business lawyer and sports law practitioner. Welcome, Ashta. We are so happy to have you join us today. Thank you so much. Good evening. Thank you, Yodit. Thank you, Sharon, for having me today. It's a, it's a great pleasure for me to be with you. It is a great pleasure for us to be talking with you, Ashta. What inspired your, your journey into law and specifically sports law? Did you play sports in what, growing up or did you always have a fascination with sports? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. In the beginning, I wanted to be a choreographer. Like I love dancing. Oh, I love the, uh, I love, love dancing too. <laughs> Sharon and I yeah. love dancing. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> uh, I cannot tell you until I think 13 years old, it was my dream to go and open a school of dance. This is everything that I wanted. And I had a discussion with my, my father and he told me, listen, you are from Chad. So either you become a lawyer, an architect, or a doctor. End of discussion. <laughs> so, so then I, I went to, to practice law. And to be really honest, the first two years, I had no idea what I have been doing. And uh, I had like an epiphany on the third years of university where just something clicked and I really loved it. And um, I mean, uh, it, it, it shapes everything that you are, the way you're thinking, you know, being a lawyer is, is something particular because we see the world from a different, uh, I think, different lens, rules. Um, you can't do that. You can't do that. You cannot do that. And why you do, you can or you can't. And uh, really, I'm passionate now about uh, being a lawyer uh, for the sports law. I actually started working in the area in the African Confederation of Football while um, I was also a student my last year of uh, studies. At the time, I was just working in a development project. And then I went to practice law when I went to work in Switzerland for, for FIFA. I, I liked sports, of course, but I think that I developed uh, the love for it while practicing the sports law. <laughs> the more you understand something, uh, the more you love it. I think this is, for me, this is what was true. At 12 years old, you left your parents' home and went to live with your uncle and auntie. Mm -hmm. Why did that happen? In Chad, 
nowadays it's less and less, but before it was really uh, something that was usual that people come and uh, ask for the girl to get married. My father was saying no for some times. And then when I, I was 12 years old, it was difficult for him to resist. People were telling him that he was crazy because, uh, and actually it's not even for myself that they wanted to marry me. They wanted to marry into my family. So um, it became very difficult. So my father took the decision to send me to France to my uncles so that uh, I would not get married. And how did you feel when you left? Awful, awful. I was 12 years old and I found myself without my mom and my dad and my brothers and sisters. And in France, so completely different world. Uh, I had nothing that I knew, nobody that I knew, and I missed my mom a lot. I remember that. And at this time, there were no, what do you say, uh, mobile phones. Mm. So I remember one year, I, I spent one year without talking with my mom. So uh, it was not an easy, easy time. I stayed uh, until my 15 years old, and then I, I ran away actually to get back home. <laughs> So it's another story. I think I think this is important because everything changed there because um, I was asking my dad to go back to Chad and he was all the time telling me to be strong. And the way he used to tell me how to be strong, he was telling me, be a man, be a man. And, you know, until today, we're joking with that because I was 12 years old and then going up 13 years old. So you ran away. Where did you run away? So I ran away from my uncles and I called my dad and I told him, either you bring me back to Chad or I would never come back. Or if I come back, I will run away again. <laughs> I was tired. I wanted to go back. Wow. And uh, seriously, this changed my whole life because um, when I came back to Chad, I think those were the three most beautiful years in my life is after 15 years old when I went back and I could be with my mom again, with my brothers and sisters. And uh, after two years, I went back to France, but um, as, a, as a student, so it was different. Mm-hmm. But running away really, uh, for me, changed everything because I understood suddenly that I have the power to change my life. And uh, and I thought that my dad is going to kill me because <laughs> I was just bluffing. <laughs> <laughs> but what an empowered fifteen-year-old yeah. you were to to run away yeah. and just to say, yeah. "These are the terms." <laughs> That's impressive. And the reaction of my father actually surprised me because he laughed and he was like, "Ah, you decided to go back," and I said, "Yes." And so he took me back home. Uh, I, I didn't have even a bag go, going back, Chad. Uh, I'm telling you, it was right. <laughs> 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 just went back. <laughs> and it made me really understand that sometimes we think that people, you know, they do things because they think that it's what's best for us. And I had a lot of discussion with my father later about this episode. And he told me, uh, I just wanted the best for you. I wanted to ask, you know, as you're advancing in your career and then you became a mom of mm-hmm. of two boys, right? So what was that journey like navigating 
advancing your career, but also becoming a mom. I, I cannot imagine. It was never an, an option to stop working. Uh, basically, my work is my passion. I cannot see myself not working because I, I don't even work for the money. I just work because I produce that. And I have a lot of pleasure and joy doing my work. And working as a lawyer takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. Having kids also, boys especially. <laughs> and uh, for me, I had my two boys in two, two years. So it was shocking. One of my friends was telling me that basically I was pregnant for 18 months. <laughs> I was working as head of a legal department in a company. So it was very challenging in Chad as a woman, women in Chad. It's, it's, it would be the subject of another podcast, I'm, I'm sure, because I need one hour to explain to you that. Because mm -hmm. uh, you, you don't have really uh, space to be down. We're supposed to be always uh, strong. You're supposed to be all the time beautiful. You're supposed to be smiling. You're supposed to be everything. So uh, for me, it was challenging because, first of all, my body changed a lot. I put on some weight, so I didn't, I mean, it was, it was really challenging, even mentally, physically, you're tired because, of course, the kids don't, don't sleep at night, your, your body aches, and you need to deliver at the same time at work because people, when they put a meeting at 8 a.m., they will not understand that you're late because you didn't sleep the whole night. You're supposed to be as efficient as uh, the, the men uh, that were there. It's so unreal that you're expecting so much from women. Actually, if you meet someone that knows me, they will tell you she all the time she, she says what, what people never say out loud. So I'll tell you, it's, it's stupid. Look at it. I'm supposed not to sleep at night uh, because when you're you're married also in Chad, it's not you, your husband and your kids. In Chad, you have the family you will have, for example, for my case. Uh, I had uh, the husband, I had the, the family of the husband because we were living in the same household. Just to give you an idea, you will have minimum 20 people eating. You're taking care of 20 men, just to give you an idea. And I'm not talking only about myself. So uh, when it's a, it's a little household, you will have 10 people, but not less than that. It's uh, almost impossible to have less than that. At the same time, you're supposed to be good looking because, of course, women, you're supposed to be all the time fresh and happy and beautiful. And uh, while working, you come to work, you deliver your professional. So it was a lot. And I was telling people, it's not normal. You shouldn't expect and you should be comprehensive with women when they're, they have kids because you, you start working after two months. After giving birth two months later, you, so you're back to work. This is what I have been doing. I stopped working at seven months. So when your baby is only two months old, he's small. So you're all the time worried. I remember I was in the office and I was all the time worried, like, how is the baby? And you see, he's so fragile and you're worried all the time. So uh, it was challenging. But anyways, not talking only about the challenges, how I could overcome the challenges is, first of all, I stopped 
expecting what other people other people are putting on me the perfection i just crushed it i don't need to be perfect i at some point i needed to be target oriented to be organized organization is everything so uh, your time is organized the way you handle things the kids uh, and having two that one is one years old and the second one is zero you see so uh, when one was two years old the second is one so i needed to be really organized trying to delegate most of the time things that i can delegate even at work and uh, working on my mental health taking some breaks uh, saying that i matter because apparently around me i saw that I didn't matter. <laughs> you know, I felt it that uh, people mm. are just like, okay, this is your thing. Take care of it and you handle it. Even my family, everyone has his own life. I decided very early that I will do whatever it takes to succeed in my life. You know, I will not use excuses. So when I was tired, when I was down, I would just cry a little bit and come back and continue. And uh, I discussed this with uh, a friend of mine and I was wondering if people, they were not doing this and being so hard on women so that we just leave everything and stay at home. Because uh, also in Chad, uh, women working culturally, it's not very well seen. Uh, lately, it's changing. But the image of a woman when you're married is you're at home taking care of your kid. You know, a woman, when she works, uh, the salary go goes back to the household, the food, etc., etc. But uh, we have a quite negative image in the society as a woman working. It's like the woman who is out, you know. People have like, your kids, do your kids know you? I had someone asking me that. Really, your kid knows you? And I was like, why shouldn't he know me? And she told me, but you're outside all day long. So how can he knows you? What you're describing, Ashta, is specific to your life, but quite common in many communities in most countries. The expectation that a woman has primary responsibility for the household, all of these expectations mm -hmm. that have historically been true, and then we add work on top of it. So mm -hmm. I'd love to know how you felt when you were at work? Uh, to tell you the truth, I wasn't good for, I think for the first two years of my kids, I wasn't myself. I was in just survival mode. I noticed many unfair things comparing with the father of my kids. And uh, thank God we were working in the same company so I could see how he was and how he was treated. And I was crumbling under all the obligations. And uh, I wasn't okay, seriously. I was really not feeling well. I was, um, I was stressed. I was very much stressed because I was worried while at work, uh, not being with my kid. My body didn't have time to recover because I had to come back after two months only. Uh, four months later, I was also uh, again pregnant, so it was really difficult also. The only thing that kept me going is I was really telling myself no excuses. Just continue and the solution will appear in front of you.
I was not okay, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Everything that was important was my two boys. So I needed them to be okay, to be safe, to be happy. And thank God at some point I understood that if I wasn't happy, they cannot be happy. So I corrected that. And today they are, they are like, they're so thriving. I'm grateful to see that now. How can we all encourage other women and girls to confidently use their voice and claim their power? Thank you, Yodit, for, for the question. My message is for everyone to, to know that you matter. You are important. If you feel weak, don't think that you're the only one who is weak. Everyone that you're seeing outside who is strong is because they were weak and they fought it. Mm. I remember that uh, for, for a long time talking, I was my voice was ch- shaking. And I hated that because for me, everyone is seeing how weak I, I am. And until the moment that I said, okay, it would shake, my voice would, would shake, but I will speak. And I realized that you don't dare to speak because someone told you and convinced you that you're not important. So just kill that voice in your head and just speak. You have this life and you deserve to to be hurt and you deserve to be powerful. And uh, weakness is just the condition to be strong. There would be no strength without being weak before. And how can we help girls and women do that? To be strong? Yes. I think by showing them and by being kind to them, I liked in my direct environment to find people that gave me the space to tell me that uh, I was beautiful, that I mattered, that I was I was a kind person. And it was positive because, because each time I have been told that I was kind, I have been told that I was too kind, meaning that it's negative. I, I think allowing the women around us to feel strong and to be powerful, it just give them the space and be there for them. And for me, I'm, I'll make sure that you know that if anyone comes attack you, I'm strong enough to defend you. So you have the space and the time to be strong enough to defend yourself later. But for the moment, I would be there to defend you. Giving permission for people to be weak um, is a beautiful thing. And, and there's the power of affirmation and the power of just sisterhood. So thank you so much for sharing your time and parts of your story with us. And as always to our listeners, thank you for making the time to listen to this episode of the Power of Stories podcast. Thank you so much, Judith. Thank you, Sharon. It was uh, also a really good time for me. I'm happy uh, I had the chance and to the privilege to share this time with you. Thank you so much for having me. It has been our privilege, Ashta. Thank you very, very much for the wisdom that you shared, for all of your beautiful advice. And I'm especially moved by the advice that you've given us all to know that we matter, to know that we're important and to be there for each other. What a beautiful message for women around the world. So thank you very much, Ashta. Thank you, Yodit. 
I love every one of these episodes with you. And we also thank Lisa Dijavine, who is the co-producer and editor of the Power of Stories podcast. Thank you all so very much. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org, a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino and Yodit Kifle-Smith signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend the Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, we want to remind you of the power of your story.